as you're constantly taking them steps forward, if I'm taking five steps forward every day, if there's a day where I take two steps back, it's okay. Because the next day I'm taking five again and I'm going five again, five again. And highs and lows, we have to fall in love with them. Like if you look at a heartbeat monitor, if that thing were to flatline, you'd be dead. The highs and lows, the ups and downs, they remind us that we're living, mm -hmm. that our heart is racing, that we're still breathing. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to fall in love with that. What's going on, y'all? We got here AJ on the fourth episode of Living with Elijah. Here, we just going to be talking about childhood trauma, um, talking about our upbringing, the root causes of a lot of our behaviors. So I've got AJ here. And if you guys could just try to like, comment, subscribe on that podcast, um, wherever you're watching from. Hopefully, we're having this uh, podcast on YouTube soon. So I'm hoping to get the video out as well as the audio. But this episode should be dropping on my birthday. So go ahead and wish your boy happy birthday as well. But AJ, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. So uh, my name is AJ. Uh, I'm currently a student at Central Michigan University. And me and a couple of my other friends have our own podcast called The World's Greatest Podcast. Make sure you guys go tune into that. If everything goes as planned, uh, Eliza here should be on the episode that we have coming out. We have an episode filming tonight, which should come out on Sunday. So make sure you guys go tune into that too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then just give a little bit of backstory about yourself, where you come from, as well as, you know, your family background. Okay. So uh, I'm Nigerian. Uh, I was born in Nigeria and me and my family, well, me and my mother, we moved over here when I was uh, maybe like four or five. And I've been living in Michigan ever since. Okay, okay. So what was the dynamic like changing from Nigeria to America? Do you remember or have any recollections? Uh, from as far as I remember, honestly, it wasn't that big of a change simply just because I was a child still. So it's yeah. not like I had a lot to take on. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it was just for me, it was really the same, like playing around, not having really responsibilities or anything like that. Right, right. Do you, um, you still have family back there? In yes, yes. Plenty. Have you seen them? uh no not as of recent i was supposed to go back during 2020 around that covid time but then covid hit so really uh it's just like through video i did go to london recently mm -hmm. and being there you know london's kind of close to nigeria right. so being there i was able to see one of my cousins that i haven't seen like in a long time and i saw his little brother and my aunt so yeah that was pretty nice that's how dope i'll go out in london but uh yeah my stepdad is actually nigerian i got four nigerian siblings mm. so i know the roots and um jollof rice man yeah. that, that's my favorite <laughs> I, I love to get my hands on some food, food. we had an open house this past sunday for my uh two brothers they mm. both nigerian and they were serving jollof, puff puff. Yeah. They had some uh, turkey, smoked turkey. Yeah, it was busting. It was busting. <laughs> yeah, you making me miss it. <laughs> yeah, but um, here in Michigan, do you? Is it kind of like isolated? Do you feel like as being being so far from your roots do you feel like you're kind of you know severed off from the rest of you know your background so one thing that i will like commend a lot of nigerians or just like immigrant immigrants in general 
Uh, I feel like once they come over to the States, they either come with some like family or friends so, and they build like a sort of community right. within themselves. So one thing, like I was just making fun of my mom, maybe like a couple days ago or something like that. I was just saying like, she doesn't really have friends. Mm-hmm. Like all her friends are like family. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I have my aunts, my uncles. So it's like, it's still, is, there's a large majority of us uh, that are Nigerian that are living in America that you know we all have a little community with so i don't think there's like anything that's really severed uh yeah it's like there's parts that are missing because you know uncles my grandma uh, over there stuff like that but i wouldn't necessarily say severed i noticed that a lot as well like my stepdad he has so many friends and so many like uh male friends as well as female friends he calls them brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and we'll be like that's uncle tony but they have like no, no blood yeah no love relation yeah and we got cousins that ain't even really our cousins but we yeah. call them cousins it's just like we said that sense of community sense of family mm-hmm. and they're so strong on that and i think that is because you know they've come to this state this unknown territory and sometimes we just really need um, a reminder of where we came from. And that is in the people we surround ourselves with. Yeah, and that can be hard to find sometimes, like especially coming to a college campus, you know, straight from out of high school. Mm-hmm. So just speak on that. How was that coming from, you're from Flint, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, coming from Flint to Mount Pleasant. Uh, it was very much a culture shock, okay. very much, you know, uh, I hadn't been around that many like white people before. Right. <laughs> just just saying, like honestly, I haven't. Like my school, I feel like my school and my mother and my family in general just like they raised me to be able to adapt to all kind of environments. But just actually being here from the first time, like yeah. not going back home to my actual house at the end of the day, you know, actually going to sleep here and it's just being surrounded by so many people, so many. Uh, different different uh ethnicities and races and stuff like that it was really a culture shock so but I feel like I adapted pretty well to it though how did um how did you find that sense of community and family here uh honestly I will say one of the major things that I feel helped me acclimate to being here on campus is that I came with two well a couple other friends from high school and with them you know we were able to go out together and do us going out together as a group I was able to meet more people and those people helped me also build a sense of community so now it's like I got a little bit of home with me and I got a little bit of here with me and soon like eventually some of the people who were uh, you know came from home they decided to take their own path and you know leave and stuff like that but it's like I'm still left with a very strong foundation of people that I met while I was here that foundation is strong you know you you set yeah what was your family dynamic like growing up like as you transition from Nigeria here uh your immediate family brothers sisters uh well when we first came over so my brother and sister were born in America so they it was really just me and my mom and are you the oldest yeah I'm the oldest so it was really just me and my mom and honestly it was just you know her just trying to figure out how we were gonna you know survive and then me just being there so yeah was it hard not having a father figure in the household uh I wouldn't say that because I did have a father figure yeah I I did and he was there Uh, I just don't like to speak on it a lot of the times but he was there and he was doing you know did everything that he needed to do to take care of me and my mom at the time and then he was always supportive for uh my siblings and everything so yeah 
has that had any impact on kind of the man you want to grow up to be? Uh, honestly, I was thinking about it. I like to think back to, I want to say maybe my senior year of high school. And I was just thinking like, there's not a lot of like males in my life that I could necessarily say I want to be like, or I like when it, I, I guess you could say when it comes to like personality wise, there are like, I have a whole bunch of uncles that, you know, everybody loves anybody who do anything for them. That's the type of person I want to be. But when I'm looking at like, I don't know, just like looking at the like financial aspect or just like the uh, physical aspect and things like that. There aren't really a lot of males in my life that I can look up to and be like, I want to be like that. So I think I'm starting to, I'm trying to, you know, set my own path and be the own type of my own type of man so that people will look at me and be like, I want to be just like him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of the track or the path I'm on because I also grew up in a single mother household. Mm -hmm. My mom raised five of us superwoman I don't know how she did it but one thing I always prided myself on being young was I wanted to grow up to be the role model that I needed as a child yeah to grow up to be everything that I needed all that care all that emotional intelligence I needed as I was in high school as I was preparing for you know the big world yeah I wanted to become all of that. And that is exactly what I did. Like right now, if I saw me five, six years ago, I would be able to give him so much advice on the years ahead. So much advice for the storms, for the trials that he's going to, that he's going to face and he's going to endure. And so that's really something like I've tried to instill in myself because I also kind of lacked in, you know, a male role model, a male figure mm-hmm. i've had many father figures in my life which have i have been blessed with i have my father in my life mm-hmm. i have you know uh my stepdad as well in my life and they've taught me great things about how a man should present himself about how a man should you know um just present himself in a room and walk into a room how he should handle himself how yeah. he should take care of himself yeah. himself stuff like that And they've taught me those valuable skills on how to be a man, but it's also so hard when you don't have that in the household, you know, when you grow up with just a single mother and as being the oldest son, it's a lot we take on our backs. It's a lot we take on our backs because if there, I've noticed I'm also a fixer. If there's a problem, you know, as I grew up, I had two older sisters and a mother. Mm -hmm. If there was a problem, I had to be the one to fix it. Nobody else. Yeah. I had to be the one to fix it. And so I noticed that in my relationships now and my friendships, if there's a problem, I always feel like I have to fix it. And I recently kind of shifted the way that I think about what a problem is because sometimes it's not always a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I just want to be the one to fix it. Sometimes I just want to be the savior. I just want to have the solution when yeah. there is no problem. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Honestly, I say, I would say, growing up being that, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to say father figure, but in the household, being that father figure growing up, yeah. you know, your siblings, your younger siblings, they, had, they looked up to you, you know, your mom looked to you for help. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really, I, I, especially because we were so young, I thought right. it was really tough and it really framed our mind mm-hmm. into, you know, being a father, being a dad, when really we were just children, kids. just children. So yeah, but I feel like, you know, I wouldn't go back and change anything. I feel like because of that, because of that framework that has been embedded in me, I feel like I'm, I am who I am because of all that. So I wouldn't want it to be any other way. But I definitely do agree that, you know, growing up that way does 
it does something to your mental. It does something to your uh, personality. It makes you feel like everyone needs you, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel like you have to be there for everyone. Right. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like you said, there's good and bad that you take out of it. Yeah. Like, now I'm able to know, you know, how to fix stuff. I'm able to know um, how to take a lot of stuff on my back, whether sometimes that is a good thing, whether sometimes that is a bad thing. I know how to do it. That's true. You know, I know how to hold a lot of weight. Whether um that's burdens or that's just weight I need to carry myself for the season, mm-hmm. you know I know how to do that now. And so, just because we have like trauma or stuff that stuff that um molded us into what we are today, mm-hmm. like it's not always bad. We have to shift the way. It's all about perspective. Yeah. Perspective is reality. We have to shift the way we think about it, and we can see this curse sometimes as a blessing mm-hmm. and we can see it as you know take take the good things out of it and work on the bad stuff try to heal from the bad stuff and allow ourselves to be aware of the root cause of this behavior you know i want to fix this problem right now because five six years ago i fixed everything in my family i mm-hmm. i had to fix everything and like you said we just have to take the good out of it but yeah aj um, what do you think is like the biggest challenge you've endured uh just growing up and how do you overcome that? The biggest challenge I endured growing up, I want to say honestly, it was the I I feel like as a child, kind of even till now, it's like I seek or I would seek uh uh glorification over the things that I did because I felt like I wasn't getting enough at the time. Growing up, I feel like I was I was always like number one. Yeah. Because, you know, my mom always embedded in me, you know, education and studies, 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 get this, get this, get this, stuff like so growing up I was always number one, but it just didn't seem like the uh I wasn't getting the glorification that, you know, I felt like I deserved at the time as a child and stuff like that. You know, I would always get the good job, I'm proud of you and stuff like but I don't know. I don't know. Me personally I wanted more. Yeah. So I feel like uh that I feel like that's carried on with me now to where it's like I'll do certain things like I I think I go out of my way to do certain things and when people don't give me that sort of like glorification that I want it's like sort of like disappointment yeah it's a disappointment and that's a that's something that that's a mental barrier that I've placed on myself because a lot of the times their expression just because it doesn't match up to how I want it to be doesn't mean it's not you know them giving it 100%. So their 100%, their 100% not being good enough for me is a problem that I have yeah, that I need to, bad. yeah, yeah. it's a problem that I have that I need to, you know, I feel like that's a mental uh, barrier, something that has to do with that trauma. I feel that. Like yeah. it's not that you're not giving me, you're not giving me what I, what I need, you're not giving me what I want. want exactly. What I, what I expect. Yeah. And I definitely, um, I'm a victim to that as well. Like just wanting praise for a lot of stuff because yeah. I know like I'm talented in many, many aspects. Yeah. And so when I outperform or overperform, you know, my peers, my colleagues, you know, I expect this praise. And when I when I do get this praise, I realize it's still not enough because yeah. I expected it. You know, it was for something that is worldly, for something that you know, that phase, you know, the praise the next day, what if I don't get it? I still have to get up. I still got to do what I got to do. I still got to go to class, do all this stuff. I got to work. I got to make money. 
without the praise. Mm -hmm. I got to be the one to praise myself. Yeah. I got to be the one to get me up out of bed, not these other people. Because they got their own lives to live. Yeah, honestly, so you just said something that I never really thought about. You saying I gotta be the one that to praise myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that I'm gonna I'm gonna take from this conversation mm -hmm. and move on forward with it with that in mind. Because honestly, I can't remember how many times I'm, I want to say the last time I did it was probably like mm -hmm. freshman year, but I can't remember how many times like I genuinely like said I was proud of myself wow. or proud of something that I have done. Yeah. Like, I know I've, I've talked to people and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. But I never genuinely just sat down and like talked to myself, like, I'm proud of you for doing this. I'm proud of you for doing this. So I feel like doing that will help me, you know, overcome that mental barrier. So yeah. I appreciate you for telling me that. For sure. That's a big thing. That's yeah. a big step as well. Being proud of yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely like something I've been working on, being proud of myself uh but it's also a journey it's also a journey you're not just gonna be proud of everything you know the good and the bad mm -hmm. in one day because we all are broken people we all are broken individuals come with our you know come with our wounds come with our imperfections but regardless I'm still proud of myself because I'm working on those imperfections and even as I have those imperfections as I have these wounds if I as I have this trauma it's all a part of me. It's not something I want to, you know, take out of me and put it to the side. It's all a part of me and it makes me who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me human. It makes me a person. If I didn't have it, I would be a God and I'm not. But I definitely do agree that growing up that way, it does something to your mental. It does something to your personality. It makes you feel like everyone needs you. And it makes you feel like you have to be there for everyone. There's good and bad that you take out of it. Yeah. Like now I'm able to know how to take a lot of stuff on my back, whether sometimes that is a good thing, whether sometimes that is a bad thing. Just because we have like trauma, it's not always bad. We have to shift the way we think about it. And we can see this curse sometimes as a blessing take the good things out of it and work on the bad stuff try to heal from the bad stuff so you said the biggest thing was that growing up that was your biggest challenge uh yeah i would say that was probably my biggest challenge and yeah i would have to say it definitely was because of the fact that i still haven't gotten over it <laughs> so i'll say yeah that was my biggest what are the steps you think you're taking now to um overcome that uh, I would actually as crazy as this sounds, <laughs> but like genuinely just sitting there and like talking to yourself, mm. I feel like I that genuinely too. helps. Yeah, <laughs> like I remember I would literally like cut off all the lights in the crib, yeah. just like turn everything off, just just silent, and I would yeah. literally just I would verbally talk to myself, right. like <laughs> like I was there, like there was two people in the room, yeah. and I feel like doing that really like allows you to you know, tap into a part of you that, you know, you may suppress or you may just, you know, keep hidden from others because you don't want other people to see it. But in that room where it's just darkness and it's, it's just you and you. So, like, I feel like that really has been a part of my healing and a part of my, you know, the steps that I take to overcome the mental trauma that I do have from, you know, just growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I talk to myself too. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna say on here and lie. They say most geniuses do. Like yeah. if you look back, Albert Einstein, you just talk to himself. I'm pretty sure because a lot of these geniuses, they tend to be like insane. Mm -hmm. But 
those people who have reached these incredible feats, a lot of them are insane. Yeah. Like, if we gonna be real, a lot of them are insane. Like, yeah. they've tried the same thing multiple times again, but they got it. Yeah. They got it eventually, you know, and it's all about consistency. But, yeah, I talk to myself a lot, like, sometimes in my room or nowadays because it's summer and nobody's really on campus i really just take walks like mm -hmm. all around campus go to these ponds uh the greenhouse mm -hmm. if you've been there um and just like chop it up with myself like how am i feeling right now do a mental health check-in with myself mm -hmm. what's going on and if i'm feeling you know these negative feelings it's sometimes hard to express that so i kind of I kind of just try to express the the emotion or what's weighing me down right now instead mm -hmm. of how I need to get back up. I just need to sit in this. I'm not going to sit in it forever. I'm not going to sit in it for like the next few days, but I'm going to sit in it for now. And I'm, I'm going to sit with it until it's done teaching me because that's the point of pain to teach you, yeah. especially as a man to teach you. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's definitely something I've practiced. I put into practice, I think since, since since middle school really mm -hmm. I've been talking to myself but I want to say it's like something that should be frowned upon um obviously if you're talking to yourself about you know <laughs> some wild <laughs> stuff <laughs> but yeah if it's a mental health check in with with yourself that's that's so different yeah that's so different <laughs> <laughs> don't go on don't listen to this and start talking to yourself. How about just random bull? Because <laughs> oh, people will start looking at you crazy. Yeah, believe that. <laughs> but what are some uh, goals you're pursuing right now? Some um, passions that, that you found over the years? Goals and passions that I'm pursuing right now. You know, honestly, I struggle with the word passion because... I feel like my passion has been really, you know, formed by the things that I watched as a kid. So, like, I genuinely, uh, I'm in school right now for economics and computer science. So, you know, that's what I'm going towards right now. But I struggle every day with, like, is it really something I'm passionate about? Or is it really something that I'm just doing so I can get the money to do things that I'm passionate mm -hmm. about? So, the word the word passion is a real struggle because honest if i'm being honest i would love to just like make money yeah. like i don't know creating content or make money just by doing things that necessarily I get I, like i don't want to feel like i'm working right and i i haven't as of right now i'm only 21 so you know life is long but right. so as of right now i haven't really thought about or figured out anything that i can see myself doing that will be like yeah, I this doesn't feel like work. I love yeah. doing this. So, you know, that's why passion, right? Me and passion right now are really, you know, battling. But I feel like once that thing comes to my mind of where it's like, I love doing this. And I feel like if I could find something that I would love doing without making money, then making money for it. I feel like making money for it would just yeah, be that cake on top. Like, yeah, like. I don't know if there was something that I, I love doing for free that I love like volunteering to do just whatever. If I ended up getting paid to do that thing, I feel like that would just be perfect. Mm. But the problem is now I just need to figure out what that is. That's a good way to think about it. Like first find your purpose, first find your passion, the money come afterwards. Yeah. Like then you can find a way to make money. 
but I will say the problem that a lot of people are having nowadays is their, you know, quote unquote passions just aren't paying yeah. what needs to be paid, especially like the way America is set up now. Things cost a lot. Like I think I just put like thirty dollars in my gas tank, and I'm almost on yeah, E again. There, so it's like, <laughs> like there's a lot of people I know who like wish they went into college doing different things, but they had to choose something else because the money wasn't in what they wanted to do. And then they're they're like, I'm gonna go back to college afterwards after I got everything set, and then I'm gonna do this. But at that point, it's like you I don't know it's just blindly chasing money so but it's it's really like I, I get both people I get the people who you know put money over their satisfaction and good feeling or the people who put their good feeling over the money it's just that I'm stuck in the middle of like which one can I do to actually like succeed because I have goals my goal is like you know living in a, a nice house having a nice family you know I never want my kids to like to ask for something and I have to think about like dang can I really afford that like that's not my that no so it's like, I have the goals, but I just need to know what I can do to get those goals. Okay, like the drive. To get yeah. There. Okay. What about you? Uh, my purpose right now is this podcast. I feel like um, I was blessed with it in a very dark time of my life. And it kind of propelled me out of there. Mm -hmm. um, I was lacking a safe space that I really needed. So I figured I was creating my own. So that was the reason I started this podcast, but I've had plenty of purposes, plenty of passions throughout the years, videography, photography, um, video editing that I still do to this day. And I still find joy in those things. But um, my purpose right now or my calling, I feel like is this podcast. So that is exactly what I'm doing. And I really started it from the ground up. Um, I'm I'm working on buying new equipment for it. I'm really studying the game, listening to other podcasts, listening to, listening to how I can better present myself, better speak properly, using less filler words. Mm -hmm. And so I've done the research. Um, I've been applying it. And so I'm just going to fall in love with this journey as I do this slow grind right now and um, see where it takes me. Mm -hmm. yeah, see where it takes me. But purposes, like you said, they're they um they can get complicated. They get very complicated mm -hmm. because, like I said, I have plenty of purposes throughout the years, and not one is just gonna take you to your goal. Not one is just gonna get you where you need to be in life. Yeah. And there are different things in your life that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. So many different things that may not uh, equate to you know making money. Yeah. May not equate to money making. And that's a sad reality. Like, that's a sad reality we have to live with. But also, you know, I think you can work a nine to five and also have this side hustle. I that's think true. you can do that and have a side job of your passion, whether that's painting, whether that's art, mm -hmm. um, graphic design, podcasting. You know, you can have that now. And we've seen that a lot nowadays in, you know, middle aged men and women where they're they have the nine to five, they had the job, they have the job, you know, they were pursuing in college and school and they have that, but they're also doing what they want mm -hmm. on the side, whether that is on the side or whether that is their main job. You can do both. You can juggle with both. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is true. 100% true. I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, maybe it's because they're older, but I feel like once you reach a certain age, uh, it doesn't happen like that, but I feel like you know, balance, you know, balance. balance really comes into play. 
you know, there are some people who have three, four kids, but it just seems like their life is so mellow. Their life is so, and that's because they really mastered balance. And I feel like, like you were saying, people can have that nine to five and people can do their passion, but it just, as long as they, once they master balance, it seems like everything just falls into place. Mm -hmm. That balance is so hard to find, though. Yeah, it is. Uh, it like, is. It depends on, um, like, it's different for everybody. Some people can balance a nine to five. Some people uh, need to work a half or part-time job. Some mm -hmm. people can't work a full-time. Some people can work, like, three days a week. If they really want to have this passion pursuit, mm -hmm. you know, it's different balances for everybody. So you just have to find what suits you. Yeah. You just got to find what suits you. You said you're pursuing economics here, right? Yeah, economics and major yeah. science. Economics. Yeah. Okay. And um, you said you kind of don't know what you want to do with that. So I know the field and everything that I want to go into. I know I want to become a data analyst. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, do I want to do that for the rest of my life? Right. That's my whole thing. Right. But I know that once I actually like step into the field, the degrees, I, one thing I didn't do when I was, uh, you know, planning my major and everything, I made sure that the degrees that I were get, that I was getting, even if I don't like this certain field, there's still multiple fields that I can go into with, because of this one degree. So I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm very, very happy that my uh, past self was like, set myself up like this. Right. Because like, yeah, if data analysts, if being a data analyst doesn't go right, I still have these degrees so I can still, you know, I can pursue this, I can pursue this, yeah, I can plan pursue, B. Yeah, so I got, I have different things that I can go towards if that one doesn't work out. But, you know, yeah. So you kind of have a figure. Yeah, out. I kind of, yeah. Got yeah. the vision, got the vision. Yeah. Did you know you always wanted to do that? So when I was younger, I actually wanted to be a, <laughs> so I could tell you literally everything I wanted to be since I was like in the fifth grade. Yeah, I feel like I've so, been through some cycles. Yeah, so in the fifth grade, I wanted to be the president of the United States. I remember my mom used to tell me you have to still have like you have to still you know do something else. Like Obama, he was a lawyer. Right. So uh, I remember I wanted to be the president of the United States. My fifth grade teacher told me because I was born in Nigeria, I couldn't be the president of the United States. I literally, almost, I remember the moment like it's burned to my memory. <laughs> We were sitting on the rug in class. Just say it, man. Yeah, we were sitting <laughs> in front of the class. In, in front of the class, we were sitting on the Stop rug in class, and I was hair, like but... really like holding back <laughs> tears. And then I went home and I told my mom. I was like crying to my mom. Yeah. I was like, "Mom, I can't be the president." She was like, "Yeah, I know." And I was like, "What? You let me go this entire time thinking I could be the president?" But yeah, so first it was the president. Then I wanted to be a lawyer, but I was just like, "Nah." And then I wanted to be a forensic scientist, and I wanted to be a forensic scientist up until maybe. I want to say like 11th grade when I actually did a forensic science class and I was like, nah, this ain't it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I came here and I was majoring in computer science because I wanted to be a computer scientist. But the classes here just, you know, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. So then I was like, okay, I took an economics class. I like money. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so like, you know, uh, I took that class already. It was low It was really interesting. I didn't do too good in it, but it was like, it was just interesting. So that's why I was like, Okay, maybe it's just something. If this is the class that I didn't do so well in, but it's like I'm still drawn towards it. Mm -hmm. Let me see what this is about. So I'm messing with it right now. And then I still also have my other computer. I have the computer science degree, you know, finished. So it's like now I got both. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
Yeah, you went through multiple phases. Yeah, multiple phases. Uh, I feel like everybody goes through everybody multiple do. Everybody do. I wanted to be a detective for a while. Police yeah. officer. <laughs> one police officer to detective to firefighter. Uh, I think that was because I was watching The Flash a lot growing up. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then I wanted to be a photographer when I found photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I'm really not sure what I really want to go into. Mm-hmm. I, I think I want to be a movie director. That's what I think. I think that would be good for me, you mm-hmm. know, to have my to have my creative ideas portrayed on a film, portrayed mm-hmm. in, you know, a long-length film, especially. Mm-hmm. I think I want to do that, but I'm really not sure. And um, I've got time to figure it out. Yeah. And as I do figure it out, I'm going to fall in love with, you know, these purposes, these passions that I have. So as I as I do that, you know, the journey, hopefully I find out what I want to do on the way. Yeah. Hopefully I do what do you think your Nigerian roots has has had um, of it, an impact in the man you are today? Uh, I feel like there was a lot of stuff that I couldn't do as a child that I was like, you know, I wasn't able to do this be- just because my mom simply didn't like necessarily understand that, you know, this is stuff that American kids do. But, you know, growing up, looking back at it, it's like I'm I would definitely say I'm more proud of my culture and stuff like that now just because I'm older enough. I'm old enough to like understand like the true meaning of certain things. So it's like going back then, you know, uh, my mom didn't necessarily, she was like going to my friend's houses, you know, stuff like that. It was always sort of like a, I don't really know because I don't, I don't know. Cause like she, she didn't necessarily trust it. You know, she would see the news, what was going on in the news and stuff like that, you know, uh, like, uh tattoos you know piercings things of that nature it was just like you know it just it wasn't it's not normal for the for that culture to do stuff for my mom at least and the culture that she was raised in to you know be doing that type of stuff so it was like you know growing up I feel like that really you know set me in uh frameworks to be the person I am today I feel like if I was allowed to do you know anything that I wanted back then I wouldn't be yeah. I wouldn't be who I am now. So uh I definitely am grateful that my roots, you know, were so strong. Uh I feel like without that, I yeah, I just genuinely just wouldn't be I wouldn't know. I genuinely couldn't tell you who like who I would be today or yeah. where I would be today. I don't even know if I would be in like the way I see it, I don't know if I would be in college wow. just because like there's so many things that if I could have did back then, it's like like I'm like I look at certain people that I knew back then it's just like if my mom raised me how you know something yeah just like a little bit different or even if my mom raised me how your parents raised you you know I just don't know where I would be I don't know if I would be here Mm -hmm. so it's like and I feel like a large part of that has to do with how she was raised and she was Mm -hmm. raised in that traditional Nigerian household and she tried to instill that into all of you. Very much so. Very much so. I know uh the when we found a Nigerian church here, you know, the Sundays we would have to wear the Nigerian clothing, you know, the Nigerian pastor, you know, things like that. Those things, those like small things are just things of like her trying to like instill our culture into us because you know, we are growing up in America yeah. and we haven't been back to Nigeria since you know we were born. So it's like it's easy to forget. 
but it, but to me it was always like two different worlds like every time I stepped out of the house it would be like before I started going by AJ people would you know call me my full name and they'll know but uh, after I started going by AJ it was more like you know everybody would, the outside world was always like American culture American this American that but as soon as I step back into the household, like my mom barely speaks to me in English for real. Like she always speaks, like she usually speaks to me in, uh, in Yoruba. So it's like, as soon as I step back into the house, it's like I'm in a different world. So it's like, I never really lost touch of it because of that. My All my, my aunts, my uncles, their uncles, they always speak Yoruba. Like they'll still speak English, of course, but like they're like, I understand it. So they'll speak it to me. So yeah, I just feel like it was always a different world, and I just I was never able to like even if I wanted to forget, I literally just couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you go back, is it still like that different world you step into? Go back my, like my actual house or like yeah, yeah, most definitely. I feel like my mom now that she's a little bit older, she's you know she's starting to not necessarily conform, but she's like she's she's just becoming more relaxing. Like when I was a kid, the stuff that my siblings, my sister, and my brother do. Stuff that they do now, I would, oh, I would get it. Good. Yeah, yeah I would get, simply get it. Yeah, they got, they got it easy. <laughs> but I feel like it still is definitely like it still is a different world. You yeah. know, like when I lived, I want to say when I was younger, my mom would always, it would always be like Nigerian food in the house, of course, all like all the time. Now, if I go back, you know, my mom's starting to be more open because she's been around a little bit longer. Yeah. So like, if I go back, there's still Nigerian food in the fridge, of course. But there's also there, I don't know, there may be. Uh, just some like restaurants that may be around the town around town and my mom was like she wanted to try or something like that so it's just like it's interesting because you know it's it seems like both worlds are collapsing are uh colliding i mean exactly. they kind of coming together, together yeah okay. and that's gonna have an effect on you you said you have sisters yeah so I have, uh yeah yeah that's gonna have an effect on them yeah. when they grow up i feel like a it, different effect that it had on you I, de- I feel like it already has effect- affected them. My sister's going to, uh, she's going to college literally in August. So, you know, she's had her time in the household like me. And I feel like we are, we aren't one in the same. I, I don't, we're not peas in a pod, but I want to say maybe we're, we're pods on the same branch or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I was, I was raised the way I was as, you know, her being younger than me. You know, she was raised the same way, but it was like little bits and pieces of being different. And yeah. you know, plus she's a she's a girl too. Yeah. So that that thrown in there, you know, I feel like we were raised a little just a little bit different. But uh, I would definitely, I can definitely see like the more, uh, I don't want to say Americanized culture within her because she definitely she's definitely like proud of being Nigerian and everything. But it's just like there's certain things that like I don't know, mom. Okay, there's certain things that my mom would tell me, and I'll just be like what and then uh my um, her she could tell it to my sister and my sister would be like yeah i understand it 100 mm-hmm. because it's like it's more like the american thing yeah. but my mom would tell me like the more nigerian thing and i'll be like oh, okay my sister would be like what so it's like yeah uh, okay okay yeah my uh two younger brothers they have it a lot more easier than i did because mm-hmm. like they they just graduated as i said they had their open house this sunday shout out if they listen <laughs> But uh, yeah, James and John, mm-hmm. but they definitely had a different experience than I did just because when I graduated, um, I think the they were the last two and mm-hmm. being the last two in the house, my mom, I think she was kind of not lenient, but you know, you get a, exa- a yeah. little exhausted. You, you just that. had three kids that you raised 18 years, mm-hmm. all three of them. 
and you got them out the house. Two of them went D1 in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one went to Central Michigan. And, um, like, that's a lot. That's very tolling. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think she was more lenient, but it was just less that she had to give. Yeah. And my brothers, they, they turned out great. I mean, nonetheless, they did turn out great, but they had a lot more freedom than us three did. Yeah. A lot more freedom. And that's going to shape them into who they are mm-hmm. and uh, shape them, mold them a lot differently than we were molded just because we were a lot less or a lot more constricted in the way we were raised. Like I wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers. I wasn't allowed to go to friends' houses unless mm-hmm. my mom had met their yes. mom. Yeah. And, you know, I when I was young, I used to like, I used to get mad about it. Mm-hmm. And I used to, you know, fuss about it. But growing up, you know, you understand, you understand yeah. because there are cruel people in this world and yeah. you have no idea how they're going to treat your kid, yeah. whether it's rightly or wrongly. Yeah. And, you know, you grow up and you understand the root of why, you know, they did what they did. But also, uh, it do kind of get on your nerves when you see your little brother, your little yeah, sibling, yeah, you know, being sure. able to do the stuff you never was able to. Yeah. Uh, One thing, my little brother, I don't know when he got his first phone, but it was just like, I remember I got mine in like fifth grade and the only, and it was like a little track phone. And the only reason I got it was because uh, I forgot that it was a half day and I didn't tell my mom. So it was like, <laughs> She couldn't pick me up. So it was like, oh, now I'm at the bus stop just stranded. So after I ended up, I used the like the liquor store phone and I called her. She was like, Yeah, so she was like, after at that at day, uh, we gotta get you some type of communication, a phone or something. So then I got a phone. But it's like my little brother, now nah, he's he's going, he's in freshman year, uh, ninth grade, and he got a I think he has my old phone, an iPhone 13 Pro Max. So it's just like, whoa. And I, 13 yeah so it's just like whoa and like uh he'll do stuff like i don't know uh doordash food and i mean i can't blame him or my mom necessarily because you know technology is improving everything but it's just like at 14 i, could, I don't think i would be able to like literally yeah, give out my address like that so people could come give me food. Yeah. I, was, I would have to wait till my mom made what she made so it was like dang like it's really crazy just to look back and see like the changes between you and you know your, your my siblings. brothers they like my mom don't even cook no more really um they really have like a lot of um they go out to eat a lot and mm-hmm. they have jobs but also my mom helps pays for it and um yeah they go out to eat a lot they have a lot of like frozen dinners or they cook a lot you know my brothers mm-hmm. are cooking now and when we was growing up it was spaghetti it was man it was <laughs> sloppy joe it was uh leftovers mm-hmm. two three times a week yep. you know? like we didn't we ain't having like that it was school lunch yeah. now these, these niggas bringing lunch to school <laughs> they bringing burgers glizzies <laughs> like it's crazy it's crazy yeah that is crazy <laughs> like the way the dynamic can shift mm-hmm. and it all comes with growth because i think we sometimes forget as we grow as children our parents are growing as well they're yeah, growing they're true. learning yeah. they're learning as they see one leave the nets one leave the house they see what they did wrong they see what they did right mm-hmm. and for the next one they're gonna change you know yeah. they're not gonna do the same thing if uh if some things, if they did make mistakes, mm-hmm. and we all do, so they're not going to do the same thing. So we can't expect all of our siblings to be treated the same. Yeah. Just can't. Yeah. yeah. No, I never really, I, I think about it sometimes, but, it's, you know, I just never really, like, did, uh, dive deep into the thought of, like, you know, 
the things that, you know, my mom may have did wrong with me or, you know, the mistake that she made with me, you know, I never really think about how she tries to like, you know, fix that with my sister and then whatever she does with my sister, yeah. the mistakes that she tries to do that with my, I never really thought about it, but I know it's something that she for sure does. Cause I feel like, you know, every good parent would do that because, you know, the same way as a parent, you want your kids to be better than, you know, you, I would imagine like, you know, you have your first child, they're doing amazing. You want your second child to be doing even better than that. Right. And your third to be even doing. So I would assume, yeah, I just never really thought about that. Yeah. That first child, uh, they kind of get like test subject. Yeah. <laughs> My oldest sister, uh, she kind of spoke on it with us. Like they're they're the first ones to endure everything, like mm -hmm. to face everything head on. Like y'all are able to give a lot more wisdom to the younger ones because yeah. you have faced it head on. Yeah. Like they don't have to um go through the same mistakes you did being the, being the first. So um just speak on that. Like being the oldest child, is there a lot of wisdom you give a lot down? Yeah, most, down? most definitely. Like I think I was just like telling my siblings because my siblings they were like upset with my mom for doing something, and I was just literally like <clears throat> like. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, I'm like, I've known this woman for so long that you need to do this, this, yeah. and this, and then you'll be good. Like, I'm yeah. telling you. And it's like, sometimes they just don't want to listen. And I'm just like, I told you, like, I've known her for so long. I know how, what to do. I know what not to do. And of course, I still like make her mad sometimes and stuff like that, because we all make mistakes. I'm right. human, stuff like that. But it's just like, I know how she thinks. Like when when my siblings do something wrong and they call me up, like, hey Jay, mom's doing this, da 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 da. I'm able to tell them from her point of view why they were so called wrong. Right. Even if they even if they may they may not be wrong. Because my mom, I, I know my mom, she may be she may be tripping sometimes, but like I'm able to tell them this is why she's she's thinking this because you did this. And that's why this is all going down. Like whether she's in the wrong or not. Yeah, like, like this, this is what well, this is the reason she's doing this because you did this and she doesn't like like I'm able to do that because I've been, you know, I've been through it. Like, everything that they they think they got it bad. I literally no, it was me. Yeah. I probably went through a like they think I'm her favorite child now. It's literally just because I'm older. Right. Because I'm older and we have that, we, you know, that relationship grows to where it's like, you know all the things that you did in the, when I was young to teach me to become this person. I'm this person now. And I'm this, I'm this person and more because I get, you know, other influences from outside. So it's like, I'm just the accumulation of everything that you've taught me and everything that my uncles have taught me, everything like teachers, stuff like I'm this person. Like a sponge. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like having that relationship with your uh, mother or your father or whatever is way easier once you reach that stage of, okay, I've taken in all this information. I'm able to, you know, regurgitate it back yeah. properly. Yeah. Instead of, you properly. know, you Definitely. know, when you're a kid, you might, you take in some information, but you may just want to like, you, you don't know how to like properly voice it out. But now I feel like I'm at the point where it's like, you know, I can have a genuine adult conversation with my mom. I can have a genuine adult conversation with any adult in my life mm -hmm. or just, you know, any teacher or anything like that. I can have that conversation because of the person that, I've been throughout life and because of the things that she's instilled in me, the things that they've all instilled in me. So I feel like it's just easier to have that conversation yeah. now. So, you know, I'm just constantly telling them like, I'm not necessarily her favorite. <laughs> it's just that I'm the one that she knows how to, that I'm the one that can communicate with her uh -huh. in the best way. Right. The way like, 
I can tiptoe around certain words and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. Okay. No, that takes mad self-reflection, like yeah. what you just said, to know that now you are able to have conversations like that. And in the past, you might not have been able to. Mm-hmm. But knowing that um, you you reached a point in your life where you're able to properly communicate, properly communicate all the experiences you have been through mm-hmm. and everything you have soaked in, everything that was instilled in you. You know, you're able to properly say that. You're able to properly, you know, speak that over yourself. So that, I, I, I amend you. Like, that takes mad self-reflection and growth as well. Like, to get to that point, I'm still trying to get to that point. Obviously, it takes time, yeah. but um, it's a journey. And... But I definitely do agree that growing up that way, it does something to your mental. It does something to your personality. It makes you feel like everyone needs you. And it makes you feel like you have to be there for everyone. There's good and bad that you take out of it. Like now I'm able to know how to take a lot of stuff on my back, whether sometimes that is a good thing, whether sometimes that is a bad thing. Just because we have like trauma, it's not always bad. We have to shift the way we think about it. And we can see this curse sometimes as a blessing take the good things out of it and work on the bad stuff try to heal from the bad stuff just speak on that journey like what 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 does that look like like coming here Mm, i mean as we all know it's not easy right so i just feel like it takes like i don't want to say you necessarily need to go through certain traumas because i don't i feel like you know trauma isn't good but at the same time it's just like like I've been saying, I wouldn't be the person I was today if I didn't go through everything that I went through. So it's like, you know, going through those certain things and just, you know, like you were saying earlier, being down, but not allowing yourself to sit in that being down. Yeah. I feel like that's really important. You know, having a relationship with, you know, a higher being, whether you believe in God or you whatever you want to believe in, you know, just having that relationship with that being. For me, it's God. So, you know, having a relationship with God, you know, having a relationship with your family, you know, those are things that I feel like help me take my mind out of that place. Like, yeah, I can sit in that place for, for a little bit because, like you said, with pain comes growth. Right. But, you know, too much pain, you start to hinder yourself. So yeah. I use those things as outlets to take myself out of that pain. And I feel like by doing that, I feel like I'm able to, you know, grow properly. And, you know, I feel like that was a that's a big part of the journey that I've been on, you know, just being able to focusing on growing properly because like you know i feel like people can grow yes. in the wrong way amen and yeah. that's like a lot of people don't realize that, that. you can you can definitely grow in the wrong way so i feel I like growing properly enough. yeah i feel like growing properly you know uh i feel like that's the i feel like i grew properly honestly that's why i feel like my journey is where it's at now uh so yeah that's big like having stuff like you spoke on having stuff like a higher being, a higher purpose that you're serving, that mm-hmm. you're listening to, praying to, as well as, you know, certain passions, certain purposes, and um, just being in a place where you're able to be vulnerable, you're able to speak on such mm-hmm. stuff, like speaking on this podcast right now, like that is a big step, being yeah. vulnerable, being vulnerable about that stuff, because that opens you up, it allows for more possibilities because you're you're taking a level of introspection into yourself mm-hmm. but you're releasing it you're releasing it into the universe into you know the atmosphere and that there's power in that you yeah. know there's strength in that because not everyone can do that and 
it takes you being here. It takes healing from that to be able to be vulnerable. Because as you're healing, as you're, you know, still trying to cover up the wound, um, it's hard to speak on that stuff because that wound may, you know, come un undone. That bandage may come off. The scab, it might rip right off to, to go, you know, five years back to where you were. Mm -hmm. And so you you really have to play it smart. Like um, vulnerability is a big, is a big, big factor into your healing, mm -hmm. but you have to be careful who you're being vulnerable to. That is true. Definitely do. Yeah. Like a therapist, you have to have a higher power or, you know, just a friend, a brother, a sister, a companion, a spouse that you can go to with this stuff that are trusted, mm -hmm. that are trusted. Yeah. Uh, you said something that, uh, I wanted to speak on you uh, talking, you, you know, talking about going back to wounds and they're open. They may open something from the past. Mm -hmm. I feel like me personally, I feel like that's something I definitely had to deal with. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, like getting triggered. Yeah. Like things like triggering you. But I just feel like at the point I am now, you have to you. I feel like you get to a certain point in life where you understand, like, it's OK like as long as you're constantly taking them steps forward, if I'm taking five steps forward every day, if there's a day where I take two steps back, it's okay. Because the next day, the next day I'm taking five again and I'm going five again, five again. If I take three back, it's okay. As long as I take five again. So, you know, consistency and just like being okay. Like every, like one thing I like to say is being happy and being like, uh, being happy. I feel like it's on the spectrum. And a lot of people don't think that. A lot of people think, you know, oh, if you're not happy, then something's wrong with you. Some, that's not necessarily true. Right, not. If you're, I, like I said, being happy is being on the spectrum. You can, if happy is the extreme, you know, and anger or sadness is the next extreme, it's okay to be complacent with being in the middle of that. It's okay to be in the middle. I'm not mad, but I'm not happy. I'm just, I'm here. It comes with ups and downs. Yeah. Well. And I feel like a lot of people just, you know, I don't know. I want. I don't want to use the word fetishize, but I feel like they fetishize happiness mm -hmm. to the point that the people who are just okay with being okay are made, you know, the, they're made to feel like I need to be happy or I need to, I need to be one of these things. Yeah. But like I, there's, like, it's such a long spectrum. It's okay to be in that middle. It's okay to be, you know, if you're not happy, that's, it's okay. If you're mad, if you're not mad, it's okay. Like, it's okay to be in that middle. And I feel like going through that journey, like we were talking about bringing it back to consistency and stuff, you know, if you're okay, like every day, that's fine. That's how your journey is going. Like there will be some days where you're like, okay, for like a certain amount of time. And you shouldn't look at that and be, you know, take it as a point of like, dang, I've been okay for so long. When am I going to get happy or when am I going to get, because that just looking at that is just going to steal your joy. Yeah. You know, you just got to ride the journey and right. just keep on taking it for what it is. Mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, you said a lot in that. And I just wanted to speak on kind of that happiness spectrum. Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was very big to know that, you know, you can be on either end. But not just either end, you can be in the middle too. You can mm -hmm. be here, you can be here, you can be 25, 75, you mm -hmm. know, it's a spectrum. And people don't really think about that, especially on social media. We see all these highs, we see all these people enjoying life, and we expect ours to be like that. Yeah. But like you like you said, you know, you can take five steps forward and just two steps back, but that's still progress. Mm -hmm. you, you took three steps, mm -hmm. you know, slow progress is progress. Yeah, and, um, 
you don't have to compare your progress with anybody else because everybody's journey is different. You don't know the full story. Only God does. And you're putting yourself in the position of God, thinking that you know the full story when you don't, you don't. And like speaking on the ups and downs, the highs and lows, I saw this um, video the other week kind of speaking on highs and lows because I, I really struggle with that as well. Just kind of fluctuating up and down at each and every day uh, is something that really started happening when I got to college mm -hmm. and I went to counseling for it because there were just so many you know, uh, very high highs, but the lows were so low mm -hmm. and I would just get caught in, you know, the up, the down, the up, the down, just get caught in that feeling. And it was a lot for me because in high school, you know, before prior, I never had such fluctuation. Yeah. Like it was the same thing every day, consistency. I was at school eight to 3 PM, mm -hmm. consistency, consistency, the same thing. But at college, you know, it's so much different. It's so much different and highs and lows. Like we have to fall in love with them and realize that life, that life has highs and lows and highs and lows are a part of life. Like if you look at a heartbeat monitor, if that thing were to flatline, you'd be dead. You'd be flat out dead. You know, the highs and lows, the ups and downs, they remind us that we're living, that our heart is racing, that we're still breathing. You know, you have to fall in love with that. And if, you know, we just had a high, you know, that would just be life. Like what, how would we know what high was if this was all it was? Yeah, you yeah. know, you have to, you have to recognize what it is. You have yeah. to recognize the low for the low, the high for the high mm -hmm. and uh, fall in love with that fluctuation because it's all a part of the process, all a part of the turn. That's true. That's right. It's all a part of it. Yeah, that heartbeat monitor stuff is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It reminds us that we live and that we here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, we probably gonna wrap this episode up once again. I thank AJ for being here. Thank we chopped it up for a few minutes. Um, this episode will be dropping on my birthday, August fourth. So if you haven't, wish your boy happy birthday. And AJ, if you have anything else you want to say. Uh, I feel like one of the things that you, one of the key takeaways from this podcast is, you know, what Elijah said about the heartbeat monitor and stuff like that, you know, take life for what it is, the highs and the lows, you know, like he said, it, learn to, you know, enjoy both of them with those highs, you know, there's going to be some great highs, there's going to be some bad lows, but, you know, as long as you, you know, are able to come out of both of those situations with something meaningful, I feel like you're on the right path. Amen. Amen. Once again, just try to like, comment, subscribe, share the podcast all you can. Um, thank you guys for listening. Once again, we'll have an episode ne coming next Friday as well. So just stay tuned. Thank you all.